You are watching Condor. Traveling to the most conventions of anime, sci-fi, fantasy, and gaming than any other video podcast series. You are watching Vidgal in high definition. And now... From Anime Next. This is The Congoer. Features. And let me just say, I, I got, I've got no voice left, as you can probably hear. And I'm supposed to record tomorrow in New York on Pokemon. Very excited and very concerned. So uh, forgive me if, if I... Uh, if I'm uh, a little more calm and quiet than normal, okay, bear with me. And we'll cut it a bit short. Oh, that's fine. I just, I'm just not going to raise my voice very much. All right? All right. Uh, this is Josh Rams, the J-Man Show on CyberStationUSA.com. Most largest internet radio station on the planet. Now, a lot of people don't remember that you were actually on Star Search. I can't remember oh if you actually won or not. No. I was, uh, I was a male vocalist challenger on Star Search in like 19, oh my gosh, 1993, 94. This, for those, all you younger people, this predates American Idol. This was the original American Idol. And uh, I auditioned in Houston, and I got selected, and they flew me out to Los Angeles. It was actually the first time I'd ever been to L.A. And uh, I sang a song that I wrote. I didn't expect to win. I've never considered myself like a big flashy singer, but uh, but and I didn't. But it was a fun experience. I still have the video that no one will see. Oh, can see that? You <laughs> <laughs> might find it on YouTube. No, you won't. Oh, <laughs> you won't. I'm DJ Ron Mess from Anime Jam Session. This is my partner Ari Rockefeller. Hey guys. How you doing? Nice to meet and, you. Um, we remember you from ZenkaiCon and Katsukon, and I know I was going to ask you about voice acting and so forth, but let's ask about one of your hobbies, Star Trek. Bring it. Which is your favorite series? I just answered that question. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah, TOS, baby. There is only one series as far as I'm concerned. And you know what's funny? I've become good friends with several of the cast of Next Generation, like Michael Dorn and I are very good friends, and Marina Sirtis, um, and LeVar, but... Um, I grew up with a great passion for the original series, and uh, yeah, that's that's it for me. In fact, at many conventions, I don't know if you know this or not, but it, at many conventions I do, I actually have a Star Trek trivia challenge where fans try to stump me with questions from the original series. That's how nerdy and uh, and you know obsessed I was with the original series. I virtually memorized the episodes. Some kid came up today in the autograph session. He thought he was going to stump me. He said, I got a question. You'll never know. I'm like, really? Bring it. And he said, I looked it up on Wikipedia. What five episodes involve time travel? Now, we're talking, it's not a one answer now. You know, you get five episodes. I'm like, hmm. Assignment Earth? Tomorrow is yesterday, all our yesterdays, naked time, and, uh, uh, oh, I had it at the time, let me think. Oh, City on the Edge Forever. Boom. And the kid went. <laughs> <laughs> so, as much as the fans here are uh, 
so knowledgeable of anime, Star Trek is, is my anime. So I, I am a bit obsessed, clearly. Okay, I'm Jill Tavara for MC Anime and Two Radio. Hey, man. Hi, my name is Andrea. From hey, Anime Andrea. Radio, uh, Spanish Broadcasting Radio. Nice to meet you guys. <laughs> Thank you. ¿Cómo nació la idea de crear lo que fue Full Metal Fantasy? How did the Full Metal Fantasy idea was born? I'm sorry, one more time. Oh, how did the Full Metal Fantasy idea was born? I was uh, a guest at a convention, and a fan asked me to put on her red coat and take a picture as Edward. And I had never cosplayed as one of my characters before. So I put this uh, coat on, and the rest of the weekend everybody was like, oh, you should cosplay as Edward Elric. And I was like, no, I shouldn't. I'm way too old and too tall. And, uh, but I, it started my mind thinking, what would be like a good story whereby a, a normal guy would start turning into an anime character? So I made up the story, and then I, I got some friends together, and we decided we were going to shoot it. My degree, my college degree, is actually in film. So I, I do lots of shooting and directing and producing and, and editing and all of that. So um, we got together one weekend in Houston and shot this thing, and I put it together just for the fans. I mean, we didn't charge money for it. We don't sell it. It was purely a labor of love just uh, for the fans. Gracias. Thank you. I'm Anthony Zaragoza from Pickle.com, Congoer. Hey, Anthony. Uh, that's my recorder, Candace. Hi. Hello, Candace. Uh, I have a question. What is your favorite uh, voice actor role for an anime? You know, I got to tell you, for the longest time, I, <clears throat> I used to give the politically correct answer. And that was, oh, I love all my roles. They're all my children. And... I love them all equally, and I could never pick one. And I really believed that to be true for the longest time. Because as soon as I, as soon as I singled out one, I kind of felt like I was betraying all the others that I love so much. But then, uh, after the last few episodes of Brotherhood, when I recorded the last couple episodes of Brotherhood, I just was like, I love Edward so much. Um, there are very few Edward Elrics in the anime world. You know, there are a lot of great characters, but they're not a lot like Ed. And um, and at, at that point, I realized that I, I just loved that character so much. And I'd played him a lot longer, actually, than most of the other characters that I'd played. So I would have to answer Ed from Full Metal. But then right behind Ed is Tomiki from Oran High School. Uh, so he's a close second. My name is Justin Stroman, um, writer at organization Antisocial Geniuses. Hello, guys. Also a writer as well. Um, I want you to, um, to have an opinion on how you, um, how do you view the state of the anime industry in America? Do you, do you think things are successful or what could be improved or anything on that? Well, you know, even before the economy got bad, anime was starting to struggle because of all of the illegal downloading. Um, and a lot of voice actors and industry people would do their best to try to encourage fans not to, not to download episodes of something. Just because you can find it for free online 
doesn't make it any more right. Um, I mean, I like to save money as much as you guys do. But if, you know, if I sit at home and I say, well, my 10 bucks doesn't mean, you know, that's not going to break any company, right? Well, yeah, but when you multiply that by 300,000 people, now you're talking about millions of dollars that a particular anime should have generated to keep that company going and to help them make more anime. And now they can't do it. They can't pay their people. They can't animate new things. They can't hire actors. They can't write music. They can't distribute DVDs. So even before the, the economy went bad, um, anime was struggling. However, I have great faith in the anime fans. I, I have a lot of faith in in the fandom for anime. The, the, the people that like anime are very committed, they're supportive, they're enthusiastic, they're loving and giving, and, uh, and I think that I th maybe this is foolishly optimistic of me, but I think, I think it's going to be okay. I think, I think it's going to survive. Um, it may have its mountaintops and valleys, but I, I think it's going to survive because I think that even the people that may download illegally or rip DVDs or something, I think at some point they're going to realize that if it, if it comes down to damaging, you know, the business and causing the business to go away, the anime world to go away in, in, Amer in, the, in the States or in English, that they'll stop doing that. You know, that, that they will, it will become more important to them to help keep anime alive than to save 10 bucks or 15 bucks on, on, and not have to buy a video. Every once in a while I'll get a fan letter that'll say, um, I'm dying to see Oran High School, but I can't find it online to download anywhere. I'm like, well, sweetie, buy it for God's sake. I mean, support the industry. The people that made this put a lot of money into making it so you could enjoy it. I mean, you know, just just do the right thing, you know. Some people, it doesn't even occur to them. If they can't find it for free, what on earth are they to do? Well, you buy it, just like you buy anything else, you know, and help keep the industry alive. But I, I'm hopeful that it, it will stay alive and, and it will flourish. There are plenty of good animes being made in Japan. You know, they're, they're cranking the stuff out. It's just a matter of, you know, making it affordable for companies in this country to bring the stuff here and recast it and dub it and re-release it. Um. Hi, I'm Uki Lee. I'm co-host with Joshua here. Hey, bro. And, uh, hey, nice to meet you as well. Um, you mentioned filmmaking. I was wondering, I'm actually, I came from Emerson College, and um, so I know what you mean about directing. Could you talk a bit about how you got into filmmaking, and uh, maybe what you like about it, what you think is the most important process? Well, um, <clears throat> I, uh, ever since I was a little boy, I, I was one of those little kids in the neighborhood who rounded up all the other kids to make his own movies, and mine were usually Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I would put kids, I would my, put my friends in uniforms and, you know, the works. But, uh, I always loved it. I, I mean, 
You guys don't even remember 8mm. Oh, God. 8mm movie cameras, and then Super 8mm, um, and then, of course, videotape came out. But I, I had an 8mm movie camera, and then a Super 8 movie movie camera, and I was always making little little films, and it was something I always loved. And then when Star Wars came out, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be a special effects guy. And I started dabbling in that. I would blow up ships. I would blow up models in slow motion, and I would uh, do claymation and work on like special effects stuff. And uh, so um, I've always loved every element of filmmaking, um, and I, I've, I've shot several things. Um, I'm looking, I, I will be doing more coming up soon. It's kind of funny because that's something that I always wanted to do. But I love so many different things, music, <clears throat> acting, and uh, as, as my life has gone along and different doors have opened and closed, you kind of step through certain doors that open, you make the most of the opportunity, and if nothing happens, you look for other doors to open, and you follow, you know, the doors, and, oh, and the possibilities, and the opportunities. The opportunities that opened up for me were in music writing and producing music and uh, and then acting and voice acting but I love shooting and editing and, and doing stuff like that so I always look for t chances to do that all of the things that I love to do I figure out a way to do them even if I'm not being paid you know so I may be voice acting and that may be my career but I'm writing music and I'm producing records and I'm shooting uh, short films and I'm graphic designing this and you know what I mean and, and trying to keep all of these different things that I love alive just you know in some way. Um, how much advance notice are you giving them when you're going, when you're going to dub a scene or like will the director like give you like the whole synopsis of the episode of the scene or will you sometimes put your nerves like, like say all right, here's the lines. Just react to them. Zero. Zero advance notice. Um, in the dubbing business, well, in most business, time is money, right? You hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. The more time it takes to do anything, the more it costs. So it is also true in the anime business. In the dubbing business, time is money. The, you know the actors who work them, the, you know who the actors get cast the most are? The ones that are fast. Excuse me. The ones that are fast. The ones that are good, obviously. That's that goes without saying, right? But they're quick and they're intuitive and they can crank out the lines because that saves the studio time and saves them money. So they don't waste they don't spend time. I should say it's not wasting, but they don't spend time. Bringing an actor up to speed on, you know, like with advance notice about the scenes or the characters or or sending you a script ahead of time or something. You literally walk in and it's like, okay, what are we doing today? So it's not always about, you know, trying to get method acting, you know, trying to get that legit reaction well, on screen? Well, I think that's up to the actor. That's not something that the, the studio or the director is worried about. 
they're worried about getting you in there, getting you in front of the microphone, and starting to crank out the lines. It's the actor's job to, um, to bring the, the methodology and the acting. I mean, I do that. Like, you know, I'll, let's say, you, let's say you're the director, and you're the engineer, and I'm the actor, and I come into the booth, and I get into the booth, and I get my headphones on, set the screen where I like it, and I get the, we get the mic set where it needs to be, and while you're finding your place in the script, and you're setting up the session in Pro Tools, I'm reading the script. And I'm looking over the lines leading up to my first line, and then I'm reading past it, and I'm glancing around and getting a feel for what's going on. And that's my responsibility. And, and, uh, and as we go through the script and through the different scenes, I'll be doing my best to bring the, the acting methodology and the, and the, and the emotion and, the, and making the connection. That's my job, um, independent of what he's doing and what you're doing. Let's um, let's go. Let's let's let each person have two. Okay, is that okay? I know. I I'm I'm, I'm sorry if I'm if my my question my answers are too long. But okay. Algún proyecto nuevo para este año o en futuro? Any future projects uh, for this year or probably next year? I'm working on several things right now. Um, I'm very excited about a couple of anime series that are. I can't tell you too much. But they're crossovers where they're, they're anime, stylistically they're anime, but they're American pop culture uh, stories. And I, I, can't, I can't really tell you more than that. But they will be broadcast, and I'm playing some really great roles in them. I'm excited about that. There are always new anime series coming over that different companies are licensing, and I always try to you know, find out whatever opportunities there are and do my best to audition for those. Uh, video games, there are always those. I, I just did a video game I've heard is a very big game. I don't play a lot of video games, but I've heard it's a big game. And I had to play a Russian. I play the Russian. I don't do Russian. <laughs> I can't do that that accent. Good. I can't do it. And But I, I was really scared when they cast me. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you on crack? What are you casting me to play a Russian for? But I studied up really hard the night before, and I went in, and it was a lot of fun. But, uh, um, yeah, and then I'm, I'm working on music productions. Uh, I've, I, I mentioned Star Trek before, but I will tell you again. There is another web series, a very cool Star Trek web series, called Starship Farragut. The Farragut was one of the other starships in the fleet with the Enterprise. There were 12 ships in the fleet, and the Farragut was one of them. Well, there's a a production group in Florida that has a web series, and they've done three or four episodes already, called Starship Farragut. I'll be directing their next episode this fall. And the really big news is a handful of us are getting together and starting our own series. Uh, we haven't decided yet what to call it. It may be Star Trek Returns. It may be Star Trek New Missions. But I'll be playing Captain Kirk. And I'm very excited about it. <laughs> so uh, I, I can't wait. It'll be like a childhood dream. I can't wait. Um, I was wondering if 
there was any new discoveries you found out about Edward Elric and Brotherhood that you never got the chance to discover or never knew about compared to the original series? That's a wonderful question. Wow, that would, that's a question that bears a lot of thought, too. Um, without being able to think of a specific moment, I will tell you this. Candace, right? Yes. I will tell you this, Candace. The first handful of episodes of Brotherhood were kind of like recap. like They were like the other one started. Remember, there was Cornello and Lior and Rose and... So I was really anxious to get past those because we did that, you know, that was all recap. But the moment that the new stories started, the moment that new characters started showing up and Ed was going to new places um, like Xerxes and Gluttony's Stomach and all of these new adventures, I was so jazzed. I loved, I loved uh, playing that character in, in new settings and relating with new characters. I, uh, I am particularly, particularly in love with the last episode of Brotherhood and what happens between Ed and another character that I won't name because it's one of those things that most of the fans always wanted to see happen. And uh, when I recorded that, and I didn't know it was coming, by the way, I didn't watch the subs, I didn't read ahead, I wanted to be surprised. And I have to tell you, Candace, when I was in the booth and it came to that scene at the train, the screen came up and I I started reading the script and I got tears in my eyes and I'm, I looked at Mike McFarland and I'm like, is this what I think it is? And he went, and I absolutely loved it. So I, I will look forward to you letting me know what you think of the last, uh, the last scene. Thank you. That's just so awesome. <laughs> um, I just wanted to ask you about some of your favorite moments this weekend, um, being a convention. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I was invited last year back to Anime Next, and I was already committed to another event that weekend. And Bob, the convention chair, said, well, then we want to lock you down for 2011. I was like, done. Because, you know, uh, for those of you that don't know, I mean, I was here in 2006, and that's a while ago. And I loved the event then, and I had always looked forward to coming back, and was, you know, somewhat di disappointed that I just didn't get back here for years and years and years. So um, I've been looking forward for over a year. I've been looking forward to getting back to Anime Next. I expected that there would be a good turnout because I hadn't been here in a long time. And of course, since the last time I was here, there's been, you know, Supasa Chronicle and Bleach and Naruto and Vampire Night and Brotherhood and Oran High School and a lot of great things that have happened. So I, I expected there would be a good turnout, but I, I was blown away this weekend by the, the response of the fans, um, their enthusiasm and their support. Um, my, the highlights to my events are always 
the fans, the fans, the fans. It's never, I saw the city, forget that. It's never, I ate a great steak, no, no, no. It's the fans. And I cannot express how much I enjoy meeting people and, and seeing people here and um, people that were here four or five years ago. And now they're like, you know, grown up or they're, you know, older. Or they, um, but they're, they're, still, they're still here and to see them again and then to meet new people. My, my solo Q&A sessions, the one I did yesterday, and the autograph sessions where I get a chance to, to interact personally and meet people are my favorite moments of every event. And, uh, and this, this weekend at Anime Next was absolutely off the charts, as proven by, by the fact that I have no voice left. So that's always a good sign. If you leave and you can't talk, you've done well. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks so much. I appreciate you guys coming. I'll look forward to seeing you at another event soon, OK? Be the man. I got one thing to say. Give me that damn microphone. I'll see you at the con.